Welcome to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. Greg, how's it going? Russ, I am going to steal some of your thunder today because I am so excited for this show. Oh, that's what I always say. That's your that's that's, that's our running <laughs> joke, but I, I'm I'm stealing it because I'm so excited about today's show because we get to talk about sales. And you know yeah. how much I love talking about sales. I research it, I study it. This is my thing. And for all the listeners out there, I don't know if we've ever told this story, Russ, but the very first series of podcasts you and I did was sales yeah. podcasts uh, right. for a company that, that we worked for, and, and it was for our sales team and just kind of giving them technique. Yeah, and that's that's actually how we started this whole thing. And I don't think we have, we've ever told that story. You're right. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of full circle now in doing this episode about sales. Luckily, we mm -hmm. have a... Somebody that is a master when it comes to teaching sales, Alan Meyer. Alan, how you doing? Doing well. Thank you guys for having me. You've got a website and it's called salesiseasy.com. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've met a few people that would uh, protest against saying sales is easy. Why do you say like sales is easy? Before I give you the answer to that question, can I ask you, have you ever heard about the book Selling is Better Than Sex? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I wrote it 10, oh, 12 years ago. I wrote the book just for me, and I had good debates at the conferences about that book. I said, come mm -hmm. on, guys, right? You know, if you enjoy what you're doing, things should be natural, should be easy, right? Mm -hmm. if, if you dedicate enough time, and that's why I named it The Website Sales is Easy, because, you know, if, if you are professional, if you take your time, if you develop your skills, if you have access to the right tools, right strategies, if you're really passionate about growing within sales, then it becomes easy. Yeah, gotcha. I've talked to so many people that don't feel it's easy and, they, and they're scared of it, right? There, there's mm -hmm. so many people that right. are fearful for trying to do sales and, and really inhibits them to kind of growing their business when, you know, they're just too scared of putting themselves out there and trying. Which means to me, they don't believe in what they're selling. And they don't believe in their company. They don't believe in their product. They don't believe in the service. Because if you believe it, you're going to shoot, you're going to be so loud, you're going to yell from the rooftops, like I have a, the best whatever, right? Mm -hmm. so right. That, that's selling. Selling is, yeah. they put, people put some mystical stuff, stuff to it. It's just <laughs> believing in what you're doing. Like you guys believe in what you're doing, you will not be here, right? Right. right. Yeah. And same thing with me. If I believe in what I'm doing, then, you know, we can talk and we can, you know, if, if you like what I'm representing, what I'm selling, what I'm offering, good. If not, we're going to shake hands. You're going to have a drink and move on. That's it. Simple as that. So in a way, like taking that sales is easy to uh, doing a comparison here. Like, okay, we all would fear jumping out of a plane, right? But for the guy that's jumping out of the plane with you, you know, like it's easy for them, right? Yeah. Because they know they, they, they feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it before. They they believe that the parachute is going to open. They know it's going to open. So it's like if you take that same sort of approach, I guess, to sales, right? You're you're now making this a lot easier for you. It's, uh, I mean, it, when you start walking, I mean, we don't remember our first steps, right? But when you start, start walking, if you fell, then your parents probably pick you up and tell you, try one more time, <laughs> right? <laughs> probably. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with everything, like your first date. I mean, it didn't go probably extra well. Right. Then you go for another day. Then you learn how to go and you right. everything in life. You know, you have to learn what works and what doesn't work. The only thing that surprises me when I'm dealing with professional salespeople 
when they hit the first obstacle, they give up because they mm-hmm. they like to grab the low hanging fruits and you know yeah well don't get me wrong but if, if you if, if 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 you can do it anybody can do it so why you basically right, right. Well, so and yeah. a lot of times when you know they they hit those obstacles what I've seen in salespeople weaker salespeople is all of a sudden they lose their confidence immediately. And once they lose their confidence, then they start changing things. They start changing their approach. They, you know, they're, they're building up like scar tissue where, you know, they're worried about, oh, my gosh, well, one person said this to me. One person said it to you. You know what? Let, let's just deal with it when 100 people say it to you. Then, then maybe there's something we need to address. But if only one person says it to you and gives you an objection, that doesn't mean you need to change your approach. It just, you know. We need to address, uh, you know, when it's a trend. Exactly. And it's all about evolution. And uh, I like to say this very often to my, you guys are south of the border. In Canada, we believe in evolution. In U.S., lots of things are about revolution, right? <laughs> if something doesn't work, like one, one colleague of mine, he's a good sales trainer. He wrote the book, the only sales book you ever need. I said, come on, like I'm 29 <laughs> years in sales. I should forget what I know and get your book and life is going to be great. It's not, yeah. it's not working like that. Nothing works like that, right? But it's, it's just a marketing and it's just a buzz that you create about it. But basically, salespeople should stick with what's working, tested and proven methods. If you don't know what's working, talk to people. If you are a small entrepreneur, you're starting your new business tomorrow, talk to people. Say, hey, what, what, kind of, what kind of problems you guys experience with your logistics, with your delivery, with this and that? And then see how you can squeeze your opportunity, your, 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 your offering there and, and talk to people. That's it. It's like, you know, if I may add one thing about the pandemic, what we learned during pandemic, and we'll circle back to this a little later, I assume, uh, you need to have a human touch. And it's hard now because we are here virtually. Lots of big companies, lots yeah. of small companies are struggling with this virtual selling. But it boils down to it, pick up the phone, Talk to Russ, talk to Greg. Hey, how are you guys doing? How are you guys handling pandemic? How's everything for you working? You know, lockdown, this and that. Start with the human touch. Even if you work for the biggest companies, and I had experience, I worked for some big corporations. Even if you work for, for IBMs or Teslas or Apples of the world, you are not dealing with IBM. You're dealing with people who work for IBM. And that's a big difference. And when people say something to you, listen, observe, filtrate, and move on. Well, I know one of the techniques that you teach in regards to that is, you know, the empathy, right? Showing empathy, actually feeling empathy, you know, try to walk in your customer's shoes as much as much as possible. And because when you do that, you know, your message is going to be more well received because they feel you get them, right? You understand what they're going through, what their pain points are, what whatever problems they're they're experiencing, and I think with uh, the pandemic, I agree with you that it's a lot about how do you connect now because you there's a little less of you know sitting across the desk from somebody and sitting across the table from somebody where you can shake their hand anymore. You're doing it over Zoom meetings or you're doing it over the phone, but that doesn't change the technique. Is you have to show empathy to connect with them. And as I 100% agree with that. And one thing that's very important to remember, you need to give to get. You need to give empathy, yeah. you're going to get empathy back. And it's in a, in, with your friends, with your relatives, with your family, 
and with your prospects and customers. I actually uh, I had the, uh, earlier this week, I had a call with one big team and they're doing lots of virtual selling because they cannot meet the customers in their offices. And I gave them like few points, like you're dealing with somebody, he's your account for like three, four years. Why wouldn't you start the call so saying like, hey, how are you coping this week with all the changes, pandemics and crisis locally, regionally, whatever it is. How your, how your job has changed in the last few months. It changed. For everybody, it changed. Not just for you and me, for everybody. Like people who are traveling, and I was traveling, like I had 78 international flights in, in 2019. And last year, 2020, I had zero international flights. So it changed big time. And for, <laughs> yeah. not for me, for, for many people, not just corporations, small businesses. So what are you guys, what's your company focus on during this crisis? Uh, what's the impact on your business, on your life, on your team? You don't need to go too personal, but show some interest in other people. But it should be genuine interest. And right. when you ask question, listen to the response, not just brush it off and saying, okay, so I'm calling here today. I have the best thing, whatever. No, have a two-minute chit chat, five minutes, but it's about... What's like working from home for you? Are you managing little ones? Uh, you know, are you doing homeschooling? Lots of people do that, right? So start mm -hmm. the conversation. See if they are blocking, if they're not interested, if you have zero previous relationship with them, of course, it's too early for that. But you can squeeze in question at, at the end, you know. So I hope, you know, you're going to be able to catch up with your, you know, friends relative soon. And let's see, you know, how it's going to roll out till next year. Something like that. Be human. That's what yeah. lots of salespeople, small businesses, big businesses, they forget this human touch oh uh, yeah well, you know I've, I've had a salesperson that's been calling me trying to get me to basically buy their product for years now if i ever find an interest or a need for that product that is the person i'm going to go to just because we've not talked like in depth about their product he sent me one sheets things like that but we've had so many good conversations over the years where i actually look forward to picking up the phone for him and how many you know like Salespeople, can you say that about where you look forward to picking up the phone? And if you can land in that spot where you're actually being genuine and real and yeah, I mean, with the pandemic, you've got, you know what they're going through, you know, I mean, for the most part, you know that, you know, they're, they're having issues with, you know, clients, demand for their product, yeah, getting around, just doing everything that they used to do. And you know that they're a little more stressed. So just acknowledging that saying that, yeah, I'm, we're feeling that way too. You know, how, how else has the, the economy and, and, and all of this changed your business? Like, you know, like maybe there's ways that, you know, you can I can help with this or this or, you know, whatever, like genuine, real solutions for them. And just having that great conversation with them, man, it, it, it makes a huge difference sitting in the buyer seat. If I may give you one quick example, I deal with lots of telco companies and uh, it's bigger corporations. It's not maybe your <laughs> audience, but the guy. The telco sales guy, he's reaching to his client who's homeschooling three kids and his <laughs> wife is a teacher who works from home as well. And, oh. he's the, and the guy is negotiating $200 million deal, same week. Oh. Wow. And his internet is breaking up. So what, what, what the sales guy I was dealing with, what did he do? He bought a special router with, with everything preloaded and sent it to him as a free gift oh, like to wow. make his life easier. It cost, he yeah. said, it cost me like few bucks, but it's just show that I'm really listening and, and feeling his pain. Yeah. And yeah. that's all about that, that. That's, you know, go, go extra step. It, it, you know, sometimes it costs you something, sometimes it doesn't, but show that you are human. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that he really was caring and, you know, that, uh, you know, he wanted to take care of that, that client, but there's also the, the technique of, um, you know, reciprocation. 
right? When, when somebody gives you a gift out of the blue that you weren't expecting, you feel that extra little bond to to that person, you know, whether it's a salesperson or a friend or whatever. I mean, it, it's a psychology that is real. And, you know, whenever you can, like you're saying, authentically, you want to do this to take care of this person, but it just takes that relationship to the next level. Yeah. There is a book for, by Robert Cialdini, and everybody's quoting this about the principles of persuasion. But just the one thing, and why do you think any politician in the world, why they shake our hands when election time comes? I don't know. Why? He gives you a hand to shake, right? Yeah. He expects something in return. And what you're going to give him in return during election? A vote. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's why they shake hands. That's why they, it's not that because you know just want to be friendly. They're giving something. Mm-hmm. So salespeople we should give, but it should be honest, it should be genuine, not just you know, people feel when something is fake. You know when something is yeah. fake. Yeah, it shouldn't be a, a manipulation tactic. No. But no, if you're no. genuinely wanting to do that, then I think it it's it's powerful. It is. It is. Yeah. It, it's different. It's, and that's the thing. Like going back to basics, people think like I, I dealt with some <laughs> software companies and with some guys who are like 20 years old and first sales job. That was pre-pandemic time. And the funny thing is they brought me saying, hey, how can you teach millennials how to sell our software? I said, you know what? Whatever you pay me, you're going to overpay me because I need like 10 seconds of the training. Pick up the phone. Just pick up the phone. Because young kids, they think, oh, I'm going to post things on Twitter, on social media, this and that. No, it's going to create interest, of course, right? But then somebody needs to, in a business-to-business world, somebody needs to pick up the phone, somebody needs to talk to Russ or Greg, and somebody needs to offer something. And -hmm. without conversation, I don't know if it's a pigeon with a message around the leg or phone (laughs) or whatever it is, right? But it's, and and, and people, when you look at the social media, they think, oh, just post something on LinkedIn and you're going to get hundreds of clients. Yeah, right, sure. Right. (laughs) <laughs> sure you know i gotta tell you alan i thought you were doing a sales technique so i had to look behind me i have that robert caldini book right behind me so i thought you were <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's, it's an old book but it's, it's funny it's, yeah you know, no, I, really I, I love that book. i'm a yeah. certified mind reader by the way i forgot to mention <laughs> ah, oh there we go there we go <laughs> that helps in sales as well <laughs> not really <laughs> uh okay so We've got so much more to talk about. We do have to take a short break. I want to dig in a little bit more on managing that remote team, but also kind of just talking about, hey, if you're a business owner and you're trying to get your start out there and you have no sales experience, what do you do? Let's talk about that and more when we come back. Thanks for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. Uh, So, man, we talked about the the, the pandemic and that just comes with, okay, we've got all the, well, we know all the problems. We don't need to go over that. We don't want to depress anybody on the show. (laughs) But one of the other new issues is, you know, every time I've done sales, it's been in an office environment. I've been next to the other sellers and like I had to go in every single morning just to make phone calls just because they wanted that team environment and everybody to hear and drum up business for, you know, and then they didn't care what we did in the afternoon, hopefully sales meetings, but it was like this set time of doing sales calls together. Now that that is all remote, what are the new challenges and, and how do you do this? How do you manage a, a remote sales team, Alan? Ooh, tough question. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, the, the thing is uh, people who, and I worked for in my junior sales years. I work from some guys who like to micromanage salespeople. It's all fun and games when you are 
six months in the sales or one year in the sales. But when I'm five or 10 years in the sales, I don't need somebody to micromanage me, micromanage me because my results should show that I know what I'm doing or not, right? Right. So right. Uh, I had actually a luxury to, to train a few teams in Europe and in North and South America, actually. And it was about this uh, managing a virtual team. And it's all based on trust. Because if you have a, let's say we have a monthly, oh, no, sorry, weekly call on Monday. And, you know, here's what we are working on, what opportunities are. You know, you have to trust people. I mean, salespeople, and I'm 29 years in sales. We salespeople are lazy, which means we always are looking for shortcut to get the purchase order, to get the contract, right? So I trust when I was director of sales with one big company, I trust my sales team. They will do anything in their power to get to the bonus, right? That's right. the motivation. Right. And I need to mm-hmm. find the right motivation. And some people think, oh, we should do this for salespeople, we should do that. No, find what motivates Russ to wake up in the morning and do his job, what motivates Greg, and it's probably a different thing, mm-hmm. right? And each team, and that's the job of manager, to understand the people on the team. If, I, if you understand me, you understand I don't care about promotion, pat on the back. In, if I'm sales guy, what's, what's in it for me if I sell instead of 10 million, if I sell 20 million, 30 million, 40, whatever, right? And motivate me to reach my goals easier. And then give me free hands to do my job. Of course, there are some KPIs, measurement thing, but allow people freedom to do their job. And of course, everybody knows during pandemic, especially, if you lose a job, good luck with finding another job during pandemic, right? So people are a little more careful about, you know, goofing around and sleeping at home. And if you look at a lot, there are many studies, I think Harvard Business Review hit a, released a study about uh, working from home and how efficiency increased. I mean, you can Google it. There are many different researches done on it. People don't need, I mean, if you are junior, if you just started yesterday, of course, you need somebody to hold your hand, to be on your calls with you. But, you know, trust people, they will do the job. And of course, there are measurements. If, if, if your job is, I don't know, to book five meetings per week and, and every week you hit two, of course, we need to work on that. What, what's wrong? Like, what's bothering you? Is it customers? Is it you? Is it strategists? Let me jump on a call. Let me help you. You know, but many people uh, misunderstand the managing role. Managing is managing mm-hmm. people, not controlling. Yeah, yeah. good point. Right? Good yeah. point. I trust my team. Yeah. I had 27 guys on my team. I trust them. But also I had yeah. a stick in my hand, you know, just to <laughs> punish them if something <laughs> goes wrong. I mean, come on. If everybody's doing, I don't know, 90% of their quotas and you're doing 60 Okay, let's talk what's wrong. No, yeah. nothing is wrong. Mm-hmm. One guy told me everything is fine, everything is great. Well, if everything is great, why are you the last on the list based on revenue and, and, and success, right? No, no, everything is fine. No, it's not fine. I mean, maybe it's for you fine. For me, it's not fine because you suck, basically, right? You're not <laughs> doing your job properly. Can I help you? If I cannot right. help you, then guess who's going to be fired first? So when you're having these uh, meetings, are you, are you talking about like one-on-ones with just people that are having difficulties? Or are you talking about one-on-ones with everybody? Because some managers may just tend to focus on the people that are having issues and not really focus on those that are just sailing along and doing fine and hitting their goals. First time... In, in my life, actually, what I started doing is what I always wanted to have. And this is one-on-one with my manager. I never had regular one-on-ones with my manager. And many companies, and I'm still frustrated with this, many companies don't have this policy. I mean, once a month, sit with individuals on your team, not just at the performance review every six months or whatever it is. Sit with people, understand what, what, what's important to them. If you cannot reach out to that person, then something is off. You know something is off already. 
I really like what you said about having the one-on-ones with, uh, you know, the different members of the team, because since the pandemic, there's a bunch of salespeople that I have on my staff right now that I've never met. Like I've never met them in person. It's all, it's all virtual, right? I, they're, they're working all over the country and I've never met them personally. But what I've done was I've done these one-on-one meetings. So I get to know them. I get to know their personality and I get to know their sales style because everybody has kind of their own style. And as a manager, I feel like I have to understand that style to get the most out of that individual person. Mm-hmm. Because if Definitely. I just try to treat the whole sales team exactly the same and say, okay, there's only one technique to use and this is going to work. These are the words you need to say. These are the hot topics, all that kind of stuff. It's not going to work unless I understand the people mm-hmm. and what drives them and how they communicate their thoughts best. And okay. I, I, I want so your feedback on that as well. Yeah, it's so rare these days because companies are, what's the worst thing is actually, if you're a good producer, now you're promoted to be a manager. No. You know, you have, maybe you don't have management skills. You don't want to be a manager. I work with one guy. He said, never, ever want to be a manager. I don't need, I'm doing my job. I'm great in my job. I don't want to be promoted and get a team. No, I don't want it. So find a person who has some leadership skills, who's willing to step up, who's willing to learn. But also, like, let me give you a practical example of it. I am a big introvert. And I'm a person who, who values freedom. Let me do my job. At the end of the week, end of the month, I'll give you detailed report. You know exactly what I was doing and what am I doing? Where are the opportunities? Just don't sit next to me and try to hold my hand and when we go through big deals and this and that. And I recognize people on the team. There are one third or, or over 30% of US population is introvert more than anything. I wrote a book about this selling for introverts <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> and I did lots of research on that. But we need to be in a borders. We need to be more upbeat and fake it till you make it style, you know, like a little more out of our usual comfort zone. But deep down, if I know that person is introvert, I'm going to speak with them differently than with somebody. And I actually have a bill in my mind, the guy who's a perfect extrovert, who just needs to talk about each and every deal, who needs to discuss with me. I need to hold his hand. We need to go together on a call. He needs extra time versus somebody who doesn't need extra time. He needs freedom. So find, find what people like the most and try to manage that in a proper, uh, the best way for, for individuals. And that's, that, that works. And nobody can tell me it doesn't work. It works with 10 people, with 20 even with 50 people, you can do that if you are professional and if you really focus on most important thing. And managing, I mean, job of manager is managing people. I mean, it even says in the word, it says managing people, right? <laughs> right, right. And, and, you know, even though we're managing people, we're trying to deal with different personalities and different styles, there are some fundamentals of sales that, you know, that we should discuss. And uh, let's go to break right now. When we come back, let's get into some of the, the basic fundamentals that all salespeople should really, uh, you know, take into consideration to make them better salespeople. Welcome back to DIY for Business. You're here with Russ and Greg. We are part of the Best Business Network on Electrocast Media. We are interviewing Alan Meyer today. He is uh, a renowned expert when it comes to sales. He's done speaking, training all over the world. You're international. So um, before the break, we talked a little bit about some things that are just standard technique that people should not 
ignore in the foundation of being a good salesperson. And we've all heard, okay, to be a good salesperson, you need to listen, right? You need to hear. And I agree with that. But I also think you need to take it to the next level where once you hear it, you need to know how to process it and know which direction to go in the conversation to kind of move it forward in a direction, you know, towards making the sale. And, and I'm really curious on, on how you feel about that, Alan. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very, very good question. One thing that salespeople confuse, especially more in consultative selling roles, they think they need to ask questions and then what customer says, they need to satisfy their wants and needs and demands. But there is a fine line. Actually, uh, you should be good in balancing guidance and questions. Because if you have the best questions in the world, it's gonna, not going to make customer buy from you because, oh, Alan called me, had great questions. Let me buy from Alan. No, you need to give them something, right? You need to guide them. You need to give them insight, some information. It, it's better if it's not self-promotional, if it's about uh, I don't know, industry research, uh, research shows that this or that, or media coverage, independent media coverage, something that guide customers, give them, like put the seeds Sowing the seeds in their mind that you have a good technology, good solution, good product, whatever it is. But second part is when you ask questions, and here's the funny part, ne never ever your customer will tell you you're listening too much. <laughs> right? right? But you know what's coming, right? When we talk too much, they're going to kick us out easily. But, but it's not enough just to listen. You have to listen actively. And you heard the term active listening. But what does it mean is... If we talk about, I'm going to give you an example. If you talk about network security and attacks from different bots and networkings are falling apart and, you know, how you guys handling this and that technology. And the customer is saying to you, and this is actually a live example from one of my customers in Germany. You know, we had big Russian attack on our network. We, had, we were struggling. My guys are working 24-7. We need to update network. We need to do this. We need to do that. Clients are giving you good gold when they share stuff like that. Then you need to immediately process and ask follow-up questions based on what you just heard. Think on your feet. If they say, oh, how did you know they were Russians? How did you protect it? What happened this? What happened then? Like, create a conversation. And the whole goal is to have the dialogue with your customers, not sell speech, not, look, I have a great solution. Are you buying or not? Have a dialogue. And dialogue means you share information. You ask questions, they answer, you follow up with your question. But it's not about you. It's not about me, my company, my business. It's always about customers. And I firmly believe that sell job description should be helping others reach their goals. Is it saving money, making money, whatever it is? You have to understand the goals. You have to ask questions. You have to give them guidance, insights, and be an expert on the topic that you're handling. Even for people who started yesterday, who, who are afraid, they don't know how to sell. If you're an expert in what you're doing, people love to deal with experts. When I go to Best Buy, if there is a high school kid and talking about TV and he's reading from the label what, 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 what TV is all about, <laughs> guess what? That's not being an expert. I know how to read. You know how to read. Yeah. Give me something. Give me some insights. You know, like, don't buy Samsung. Samsung has this problem with Tizian software. Go with this. Okay. Like, this is... And, and when you're an expert, you need to know... I would say 10, 20% more than your customers. Of course, more is better. But people think I need to know everything about either market or products or, or service or companies or customers. No, you need to know more than them. But show your expertise. People will lend you their ear. You'll have the opportunity to speak up. But ask questions, follow up questions, dig deeper, dig deeper, dig deeper. Try to fully understand the situation. Yeah, I want to take it a little step further because you want to show your expertise, but you don't want to tell them what to do. 
Never. Right. No. You never want no. to tell no. them no. you need to do this, right? That, that doesn't work. <laughs> Can I ask you, you know, everybody heard this. Dale Carnegie wrote this like almost 100 years ago. The sweetest words that clients like to hear is their name. But another thing they like to hear is their own words. So even if I know what you want, I need to formulate it as a question. Hey, how do you plan to do this? What do you think about this? And when clients is saying he or she is owning their words, it's right. different. And if I tell like you the driver yeah. personalities, those the driver personalities, you gotta get them to own their own words and let them yeah. sell themselves. Otherwise, if you try to sell them by telling them what to them. do, they're gonna push back so hard, you'll never get that sale. And the best thing what I train my team is actually, you know, next meeting, next call, virtual selling, it's working as well. Next meeting, you start to, hey, guys, you know, in our previous meeting or in our previous call, you told us this, this and that. And customers will nod and they will say, yeah, yeah, we told you that. So you capture the essence of their problem, of the situation, and you're repeating their words. Come on, it's win-win. You show yeah. that you pay attention. You told us. I had, for example, one bank in Canada. I, I dealt with them. You told us you have a problem with your insurance sales guys. They cannot book enough meetings. You told us that. And they can say, no, we didn't. Because they told us. Yeah, yeah, we told you. Like, you know, but, and based on what you told us, we prepare solution for that. Right? So you use customers' words constantly. It's just to show you're listening, you pay attention, and you understand the situation, and you are having the solution for that. You know, I'm, I'm listening. I understand that I'm paying attention. See what I did there? <laughs> you know, one thing that you said, though, that, that that's sticking out, and I know that there's somebody that is listening right now that is starting to sweat a little bit because you said that you should know what you're talking about. You should be an expert in that. And I think a lot of people that when they're starting a business, they're going into something new. Yeah, they, they feel maybe like they're an expert, but I'm sure that there's a little bit of that, like that imposter syndrome in there where it's like, am I really an expert, right? What do you what do you say to that person that that is maybe feeling a little reluctance in themselves or a little less self confidence in 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 being an expert in their field? Think about in in thirty seconds how you can introduce yourself. For example, one guy pops in my mind. He started printing business in Canada, and he was saying similar things what you just said. Said so, you know introduce you. We are we are printing company. We are focusing on, on printing this kind of publications, books, and this and that. What are you guys doing currently about the printing? Who are you using? Like thirty seconds about you, and then prepare good questions. And then mm -hmm. first conversation, you're not gonna be great, of course. But then you know if you ask a question, what are you currently? Who are you currently using for printing services? Oh, we're not gonna share that. Okay, wrong question. Ask <laughs> different question. Next time. <laughs> right? So how right. you you know like. Yeah. Prepare questions, probe, try questions. It's all about starting the conversation with your potential customers. And then if you are interested in them, you'll learn here a little bit, the next call you'll learn a little bit, and then you find your sweet spot. Because, you know, you have to know why you. And that's the question right. we always forgot to ask ourselves. And especially people who are longer in sales, we forgot to ask ourselves, why me? Why me, not my competitor? What's my advantage? Well, mm -hmm. you know, is it this? Is it that? You know, you have, you have to reevaluate re this regularly. But if you know the answer to that, then people will pay attention to what you say. Yeah. And you know, to like what I've always done in doing sales, if I don't know the answer, I actually say, you know what, let me, let me do a little research on it. Let me write that down. I, you know, I, I've got a good source. I think I can solve that for you. And then what it does is it gives me an excuse to do a follow-up because yeah. what, like 80% of uh, leads require like what, five or more follow-ups <laughs> you know, to five, get the right? sale. Nobody's buying. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that just gives me another reason, and it says and you look professional. Oh, I can sorry, trust this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's okay to not know something. No, I think in some of... cases it's almost better because I mean the worst thing you could do is make up the answer. Oh, that's exactly. the worst people thing. Feel oh. that. People yeah. feel yeah. that even if you think you are so smart, people feel when you're lying or misleading. You say, "Hey, I don't know." I'll ask somebody. I'll ask around. I have my friend. I'll ask my colleague, whoever. Let me find out. I'm not 100% sure. Let me get back. But you need to put yeah. a specific time slot for that. I'll get back to you by Monday. I'll get to you right. tomorrow. Don't just say I'll get back to you and never, you know, just yeah. be right. specific and, and keep, the, keep the door open. Yeah. Losing credibility as a salesperson, you're done. Yep. You yeah. know, if you don't have credibility, you don't have somebody that will trust you, you're, you're, you're done. You, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta build that and and earn it right it's not just pretending you gotta earn it over time yeah well I think also just what you just said where you give them a time you say what you're gonna do and then you do it it's like these little promises that you make promises made promises kept kind of you know as you're going along which is is always a great technique as well it, it is it's simple things uh, like something that's I mean don't confuse for your listeners one little message here people confuse simple and easy it's simple to understand it's not easy to implement right, right? yeah because you, you're not mm-hmm. you're not gonna be great on your first call I was not great on my first <laughs> few months or years of my sales career right but <laughs> you learn as you go if you're willing to learn that's why I, I call it sales is easy if you dedicate time to learn, to, to learn the tools, techniques. There are some basic techniques like active listening. Learn it. Put your own personality to it. And one thing also, never change your personality. Stay true to who you are. I'm a big introvert. I hate talking to strangers. But I was on stage in Vancouver before pandemic, 400 people listening to me. And I said, I'm a big introvert. And the guy stood up. He said, no, you're not. You're not shy. I said, no, 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 no. Shy and introvert, two different things. But when I'm done with this presentation, I'm not talking to anybody. I need to recharge my batteries. I'm at zero, right? It's a different thing. Your customers, if they're introvert, if they don't want to talk about the weather, sports, okay, let's talk about things that we want to talk, like what's the topic at hand. So find find your own voice to things, but still focus on why you, how you can help other people. People will listen to you. Yeah, and always remembering that, you know, every no eventually is going to lead to a yes. Like <laughs> I've always, I used it, to, it, when I was doing sales, I used to keep a, a post-it note, not of the yeses, but the noes. And I would, <laughs> and I would see school, how yeah. many noes I, you know, it would take to get to a yes. Like that was always my goal. And and whenever I'd get a no, I'd be like, oh, cool. One more closer. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just yeah. my way Whatever of Whatever works, it. right? Whatever works. Yep. I, I, I plugged this question earlier and it's like, you know, kind of a, a bit of final advice here for the business owner that has no sales experience. What's, what's a, a little bit of advice for them? First question is, do you believe in what you're doing? Can you talk to your friends and family about it? If yes, then talk to strangers about the same energy, same enthusiasm, because if you're able to transfer your enthusiasm to your friends, to your family members, to your relatives, and then you start doing it with strangers, you'll start noticing that, that people feel you. People feel that you are genuine on it, that you can help them with whatever it is. Uh, really, if it's if it's a one man shop, is it a big corporation? Doesn't matter. It's all about this enthusiasm. If you believe in what you're doing, and go out, meet people, talk with them, see you know how they react to your proposals, to your offerings, and you know if it's not working, ask yourself why it's not working. Is it me, my personality, or is it my message? And probably it's your message, and your message can be tuned in. You don't need some fancy trainers or or coaches to tell you what to say. If you believe you can help 
companies save money on by using your product versus somebody's other product, talk to them. See how they roll. See, it's said we, we would like to, but we have three-year contract. Okay. Thank you. That's, that's information. Right. People will fall in love with that positive energy and, and uh, you know, passion that you have mm-hmm. for your product or your service. And it's, it's infectious. But if, if you go in flat and you don't express that, uh, you know, that energy and that yeah. passion, then, you know, why should they feel excited about it if you don't feel excited about it? If you don't believe in it, why should I believe in it? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it's, it's simple. It's a transfer. But people feel that if, if, if you believe, you don't need to be, again, you don't need to shout from rooftops. But simply, you know what? I know what I can do. I know if I'm providing you with printing services, I know I can give you business cards, new business cards, with, I don't know, multicolor, whatever, for the cost of, I don't know, like saving 10% of it. Whatever it is, a simple thing. Just try to understand why you and talk to people. Really, like nothing, yeah. not no social media will help you build your business. If they build you visibility, you you get visibility. But to somebody needs to talk to someone to to sell something, right? You need to talk to people. You've made uh, so many good points during this show, Alan. I, I really appreciate it. And you know, you've taught a lot about sales just in this one podcast, but for people that want to follow you and listen to more of your advice, how can they go about doing that? Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, just go to salesiseasy.com. I post my thoughts there. And if you like them, you know, subscribe. If you don't like them, don't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Alan, some great advice today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Alan. It was an honor and pleasure. Thank you, guys. And I'm sweating now from all the top. All right. And thank you for listening, subscribing and reviewing DIY for Business, a part of the best business network and Electrocast Media. The subjects that we cover on this podcast are selected with the goal of helping your business grow and all of the information provided is opinion based. And you may want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business situation. Now, Greg and I, we want your company to succeed and we are happy to take your questions. We would also love to hear your suggestions for future episodes as we work on season two of DIY for business. If there's an area where you need solid business advice, you need some help, you just have some questions or an interest in a particular item, let us know. We might be able to build an entire show around it. And also we love talking to business owners. So be sure to hit us up on Twitter, LinkedIn, or just our website, whatever it is. We would love to talk to you and hear some feedback about the show and your ideas. We thank you again for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, where you are not alone. Hi, I'm Gina Ann, your tour guide to Adventures to Wisdom podcast. What if you could get answers to your deepest question, reawaken your sense of purpose, and enhance your zest for connections and play? This is what we do on Adventures to Wisdom podcast with real people, and we're inviting you to come with us. We bring you unscripted, raw, inspirational stories, ideas, and intuitive insights. Electric Acid. Welcome to Abracadabra, Create What You Speak, the podcast that combines spirituality with creativity. Here, guests from around the world share their stories and insights on navigating life's challenges through art, music, and creative expression. Connect to yourself, others, and the world through empowering conversations viewed through a spiritual lens. 
I'm Ilana Zulai, your host, a spiritual mentor, and a sound therapist. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.